Welcome to the Voices of Disruption podcast, a space dedicated to showcasing the visionaries of Generation Z. Changemakers who are redesigning systems that do not work and do not serve their purposes anymore. This is where you will hear and be a part of conversations about how to continue to turn our loud disruptions into ignited agency and consistent actions. I'm your host, Deborah Olatunji, a black woman, education activist, award-winning spoken word poet, and author of the book, Unleashing Your Innovative Genius, High School Redesign. I'm from Newcastle, Delaware, and I've got so many stories to share with you guys. The Voices of Disruption podcast, or the VOD pod, is a space for you to step into your power. This is a platform for you to realize just how transformative your impact is in the communities that you interact with on a daily basis. We've got a lot of work to do, so let's dive in. In my book, I have a chapter titled, Why You Should Create Your Own Access. I've spoken at national and international conferences on this topic, and I'm constantly reevaluating what access means to me and the new spaces that I disrupt every single day. We will be talking about disrupting almost everything from education, politics, entrepreneurship, sisterhood, fashion, sustainability, and more. You will be able to gain access to valuable knowledge and have the opportunity to learn more about other super connectors, amplify your goals, have a connection to other change makers and yourself with the clarity that you will gain from the episodes. Let's dive into today's interview. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Welcome to the Voices of Disruption podcast, or shorthand, the VOD pod. I'm your host, Deborah Olatunji, and I'm so glad that you're listening today. Today, I will be talking about my complicated relationship with the TED stage. And if you're unfamiliar with TEDx talks, don't worry, I'm about to put you on. These are transformative 12 to 20 minute conversations, essentially, with the audience and the speaker, except it's only the speaker talking and you're just understanding the information that they say. So they're like little talks, right? And you just learn so much valuable and insightful information. I have been listening to TED Talks ever since I was in the sixth grade. Usually it was through assignments for my teachers, but I'm so glad that they introduced them to me because they are absolutely transformative. The conversations that I've been able to hear and then take action from have been transformative in my life. And so I want to share my relationship with TED. TED actually stands for Technology, Entertainment, and Design, and their whole slogan is ideas that are worth spreading. So I figured I'd give you some background information as to why my TED Talk never happened. Because it was going to happen, but then COVID-19 happened. I found out on the eighth day of this year in January that I would be giving a TEDx talk at a high school in Berwyn, PA. So when that email came in at 9 p.m. Eastern, I was ecstatic. I was so excited. I was like, I'm starting this year off on the best foot ever. I'm so excited. And, you know, I was thinking to myself, the worries of my high school midterms, my last ones, were so trivial because I'm about to fulfill one of the biggest goals that I have on my New Year's resolutions list before, you know, we really even got into the whole beauty of 2020 or what we thought was going to be the beauty of 2020. At the pinnacle of this new decade, I ambitiously set out to give not one, but three TED Talks this year. I don't mean to spoil the storyline, but I think you already know how this is going to go down. The first pitch that I got accepted to speak at spotlighted this goal and made me feel so much more optimistic about this year. 
So here we are, you know, I'm looking at my calendar, planning out my week. March 28th, 2020 is circled in bright red and in big yellow, in a big yellow box on my Google calendar. And then of course, you know how this went down, March 13th, 2020, my last day of physical high school presented a new reality that I was terrified to confront. And it didn't help that my book launch party was a week before then on March 21st, hanging in the jaws of uncertainty and pending cancellation. It's still being rescheduled and refigured, so (laughs) there's that. But chapter seven, the pivot. (laughs) Just kidding. But that was exactly what I had to do. You know, it wasn't just me, but it was everyone everywhere. Health and safety come first. So of course, it kept getting pushed. Maybe in May 2020, July 2020, October 2020, 2021. As someone who likes to plan and have concrete details in front of me, These months of limbo reminded me that I could only focus on the things that I control. At that moment, I was grasping for something to hold on to and continue to drift on this metaphorical life raft until August 2020. The organizers of the event had become friends of mine, and we got closer throughout the months of quarantined anticipation. They decided two weeks before I was going to move to Pennsylvania, away from everything I'd known for the past 18 years and into the biggest transition of my life so far, that they were going to have the event at the end of September. Of course, my first reaction was, of course I'm going to make it work. I've been waiting for so long to have this. I'm going to do whatever I can. But I just felt this tug in my spirit that it just wasn't the time to do the TED Talk. And you know, when we go from March to September, you can tell that the priority, the purpose, the intention behind it, it had changed. And I didn't know what God meant by that. But you know, my first week of freshman year at the University of Pennsylvania was just about to start. And I think the answer was staring right at me in the face and I just didn't want to confront it. I thought to myself, there's another way, there has to be another way for this message to be heard. And I just want to say, full disclaimer, I have no bad feelings towards the TEDx Youth Berwin team who were just as surprised by the quick turnaround that needed to happen in order for the event to finally be put together. So here we are now in the present with a finished TEDx talk that has stayed snugly put in my Google Docs for the past six months and some change. I think that she's ready to disrupt the world now. So here's my TED talk. How Collective Empowerment Can Ignite the World Eight months ago, I was sitting in the front row of a student-run celebration of culture. At my school, it's a part of a presentation that we call Culture Day. A group of Filipino-American students were sitting at the edge of the stage, singing American ballads and songs of their native tongue, Tagalog. One member started to sing a Bruno Mars song. Picture this. The lights in the theater are honed in on their captive voices and neon overhead beams amplify a sense of close proximity and belonging in a dark room of over 900 students. And in the spur of the moment, I pull out my phone, turn my flashlight on, and begin swaying my hand from side to side. As the first person to spontaneously do this, I'm the only one with a hand up and a light on, all by myself. One person in a group of almost a thousand. How many of you just felt a flash of fear from that last sentence? Yeah? It was terrifying. Now, you can imagine how easy it is to spot a light that is shining all by itself in a nearly and completely black room. For seven seconds, I sit there in obscurity, waving this light all aligned, just shining my light, doing my thing, 
And by the eighth second, I start to feel uncomfortable. I ask myself, why aren't there other lights around me? In a panic, I choose to focus my attention on the singers and the song and the music and the neon lights and the Bruno Mars and the swaying and bam, a second light turns on. At that point, I let out a breath that I didn't even realize I was holding in. Then a third goes up, a fourth, a fifth, and soon the entire front row has their phones on and lights out. My heart warms at the sight of it. The people in the rows behind me and all the way at the back sense the action and begin to light up the room gradually like fireflies. A smile widens across my face as I see the room transform from an ocean of darkness to a gallery of firefly lights. When I turned on my light, I created an opportunity for others to shine as well. With those few seconds of feeling uncomfortable, I felt like I was missing something. Something big. Something important. Something I had the power to initiate. Collective empowerment. Now, the idea of collective empowerment stems from this very feeling of unease. I didn't like shining all by myself, not when I knew of the great potential there was in the room for more light. This phenomenon of discomfort is all tied into the science of how we're wired. When we dig deep into our heart's truest desires, you'll find that we intensely crave human connection. Brené Brown, a professor at the University of Houston Graduate College of Social Work who specializes in social connection, said in an interview that an intense, deep sense of love and belonging is an irresistible need of all people. We are biologically, cognitively, physically, and spiritually wired to love, to be loved, and to belong. When those needs are not met, we don't function as we're meant to. We may think that we want things that can be achieved through individual pursuits of success, like power, money, fame, and beauty, but at our core, the greatest desire is a need to belong, to be accepted, to connect with others, and to be loved. Collective empowerment thrives on creating an environment where people feel like they can grow, connect, and inspire one another. From the words of Emma Seppla of the Stanford Center for Compassion and Altruism Research and Education, people who feel more connected to others will have lower levels of anxiety and depression. Moreover, studies show that they have higher self-esteem, greater empathy for others, and are more trusting and cooperative, and as a consequence, others are more open to trusting and cooperating with them. If you work to lift others up and generate life through these essential connections, you will feel better. You'll have greater confidence in your ability to fulfill your goals, work better on collaborative projects, and enrich your community with your sense of warmth through empathy and trust. Three years ago, in 2017, my older sister, Miracle, was a source of empowerment and lit a match in me. She trusted that in showing me an opportunity, her action would cause a domino effect of growth. She showed me a program called Grip Tape, where they give students the resources and community that they need to pursue a passion. In this space, I had 10 to 12 weeks to learn whatever I wanted with a champion to help me and support me along the way. And so I embarked on pursuing my love for photography and digital media. Growing up in a family of seven, where the needs triumph the wants, 
owning a personal camera was always something left unchecked on my yearly Christmas wish list. Ever since I was nine, I wanted this ability to connect with others through media and to grow introspectively as a quiet observer. With this program, I was able to buy my very own camera, a Canon T6 with a starter kit lens that I cradled for dear life. I loved every single second of it. And in those consequential weeks, I gained a love for experiential learning and the chance to do learning my own way. Grip tape is where I found my true spark. That one push for my sister Miracle to apply for an opportunity that she knew would empower me to take action has led to my identity as an education activist, award-winning poet, and published author. That one push from my older sister Miracle helped me pursue projects that I never could have even imagined in a traditional classroom. That one push from my sister showed me the power of collective empowerment and why it is so vital to our communities. I never thought that a passion project on photography would lead me to find the importance of experiential learning and going after ideas that seem out of reach. You see, Collective empowerment promotes and encourages moonshot thinking, which is a concept that I have learned and now want to share with others. It is a type of thinking which aims to achieve something generally believed to be impossible. Unleashing your innovative genius is what ignites the power of collective empowerment. The domino effect of you giving someone one opportunity, even if it's just one, can be a source of ignition for their recognition of self, personal value, and desire to impact. It made me crave the desire to help others rather than focus solely on my own goals and pursuits. The key takeaway that I want you to get from my story is that you have to be somebody's light so that you can ignite their success. Why? Because they will never forget you for it and they will be compelled to be a light for someone else just like you were for them. We rise tides together. I mean, look at the current landscape of opportunity. There are so many untapped potentials in this very room, just so many innovative geniuses waiting to be unleashed. So how do we solve this? We have to do more igniting. So does this collective empowerment concept truly have the power to ignite the world? Is my story enough evidence for you? Okay, here's, here's one more. Almost a whole year ago, in November of 2019, I started my very own social experiment on how collective empowerment really works. For one day, every single week, for the past 40 plus weeks, I took to Instagram and posted a variety of opportunities in the age range of my followers. My audience knows me as someone who proactively searches for sources of enrichment so that I can be a light for someone who follows me or watches my stories. I call this activity opportunity wednesday and it has become a very big part of my life i take roughly 45 minutes to my day to find three to five opportunities post them on my story and receive feedback on what resonates with my audience are the opportunities interesting and insightful enough for someone who's clicking through to think wait 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 let me go back that looks like something i'd be into are people sliding up to ask for more information so i get a sense of who is on the receiving end of this ignition through sharing opportunity if my answers are yes to both of those questions, then I can conclude that I am helping to collectively empower my audience, even if it is just one person in their recognition of self, personal value, and a desire to impact. I have also created our packages for students who personally reach out to me for specific opportunities. For example, I have a friend who lives in New York who asked about community service opportunities. Since I know the state that she lives in, I can find more 
tailored opportunities that fit what she's looking for. Now, after hearing this about Opportunity Wednesday and the customized OWL packages, you may be asking, why can't they go on a scholarship database for that or just search the internet for themselves? This is where things get fun. I don't know about you, but I could spend hours searching for programs on the internet and on those databases just to find opportunities that relate to me. By finding specific opportunities like a constitutional leadership academy or a free financial literacy program, you are essentially saying, I believe in you and trust that you will take on this unique opportunity and use the benefits you will receive for good. You are showing them that you care enough to find something particular to their current and future interests and abilities because you know that it is a good fit for their growth and journey. This is the essence of collective empowerment, and with that, we can ignite the world. Furthermore, people that give opportunities to others are igniters of connection and empowerment. So what are you waiting for? Let me take you back to that theater, with the neon lights shining boldly, the Bruno Mars lyrics latching onto the ends of your heartstrings, and the darkness engulfing the audience from the inside. This is where I chose to shine. And by turning on my light, I created an opportunity for people to have a moment to be ignited and to feel empowered. The audience followed me and had the opportunity to connect and feel a part of something greater than themselves. Now, I am sharing this with you so that you can do the same, because in order to push forward, we have to light other people up. From these places of ignition, we will start to see that firefly display of shining lights. Communities will be built on this collective endeavor to help empower others with opportunities. We need to help each other win and check up on each other to ensure that people are empowered to grow. And together, we can ignite the world just like I did the audience. Based on the ideologies of Anne Friedman, American journalist, essayist, and media entrepreneur, a new framework must be adopted to encourage collaboration and connectivity for innovation. Collective empowerment is similar to her concept of shine theory, which stresses the importance of supporting other changemakers, women in particular, and dispels the notion that only one person has the ability to create tangible change. When one person shines, they shine with others and highlight fellow members of their community. I implore you to become a beacon of opportunity, perhaps by adopting Opportunity Wednesday to your own life and routine. In order for our society to push forward, we must start seeing our impacts in terms of the community empowerment they achieve and the ripples of impact they ignite. The wise civic activist, minister, and world leader, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, Life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? This is the answer. Collective empowerment. You have to remember that collective empowerment isn't something that you can buy or a service that you sell. It is something that you have to subscribe to and use to promote the growth of others. You can seek personal achievement and push beyond the impossible with moonshot thinking in all of your endeavors, but in your pursuit to make a name for yourself, it is your obligation to do more by giving someone else that same opportunity to achieve their own definition of success. And so, by turning on my light, I gave the opportunity to someone else to turn on theirs and ignite the next person to take the opportunity to shine too. Collective empowerment has the power to ignite the world. Where will your light take you? Whose light will you ignite next? Thank you. And that's my talk. <laughs> I know, I know. After not reading this 
for six months, it is easy to feel blindsided to the fact that I didn't have the opportunity to take advantage of the red stage. But I know that God has even bigger and better plans for me and that this community that we're building together will take the power of this speech to disrupt systems that are no longer serving their needs and redesign a future that truly, truly represents the power that collective empowerment can do to change not just the systems, but the hearts, the mindsets, the intentions, the purposes, the perspectives, and the willpower of the people who continue to ignite and disrupt the world. So thank you so much for listening to my TED Talk. (laughs) And I hope that you really enjoyed it. As always, you can connect with me on social media at Deb underscore Olatunji. I would love to hear how the TED Talk sounded to you. What are some points that really resonated with you? What are some action steps that you're going to take after hearing the TED Talk? And I want to hear your TED Talk draft. Even though we're not on TED stages, you can still write a TED Talk, all right? The theme of this salon was pushing forward. There you go. There's a challenge. Write your own TED Talk in the theme of pushing forward and share it with me. Tag me on Instagram. Send it my way. Thank you so much again for listening.